0: Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Pete Callaner here. Joining me is Congressman Dan Bishop. Welcome back to the program, Congressman. How are you?
1: I'm good, Pete. Good to be with you. You doing
0: okay? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I was going to say, you know, the fill-in-the-blank district, Congressman, but I don't even know what number I'm supposed to say when I say what district you're <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Not the only
0: one. <laughs> so uh, I see the legislature, your old stomping grounds. They um, uh, they went ahead and uh, went forward with the maps. Now these don't uh, the, the the congressional maps don't require governor approval. So now it's just going to be up to the courts, which is one of your other st- uh, stomping grounds as a uh, lawyer. So I'm kind of curious what your take is on where we stand now with the uh, the Supreme Court of the State of North Carolina. They get to pick some special masters. Uh, or I'm sorry, the lower court, the trial court, picks some special masters uh, that they're going to do some maps. You got plaintiffs; they're drawing some maps in secret, and you got these legislative maps. Have you? I mean, I know. I'm sure you probably have looked at your district, right, to see where yeah. it, 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 where it's been drawn, how it's been drawn. So, how do you fare in this? And what do you think is going to happen now as you, uh, as it works its way through the next step of this process?
1: Well. Uh, it's- the district that was drawn by the General Assembly that I would have run in would have been fine. The one that has come out now in this aftermath is fine for me, but the process that we're engaged in and the role of the North Carolina Supreme Court, as you are well aware of my view of that, is is simply shocking, and I've read the 250-page opinion, well, collection of opinions that came out, the majority and dissent, and... um you know, there's no language in the state constitution that they draw on to uh, throw out the general assembly's maps. The precedent from the Supreme Court says that, of course, our constitution assigns districting tasks to a political body, and so political considerations can be taken into account. They threw all of that out, and without any back, you know, basis in any law, they just declared that. Uh, that, that, that there can be no essentially no partisanship it's got to be a map that is effectively a proportional representation you got to have the districts drawn so that you uh, that political parties can win the same proportion of the seats as they purport to have of the vote in recent elections and um, it, it's a it's an outrageous power grab and I think it's something that's got to be fixed I mean I think the Supreme Court of North Carolina which is thankfully elected, uh, needs to be changed electorally. And then I think we probably need to go beyond that and make sure that, the, you know, once the, the leftists who sue until blue found that the federal courts were becoming somewhat resistant to some of their techniques, uh, they'd now switched to close partisan control of state um, Supreme Courts. And I think it's a danger to, the, to democracy. People are not, they're just absolutely overruling democratically elected bodies.
0: Well, and what's also interesting is that the maps that were um, drawn up, this is a Democratic representative, Pricey Harrison. uh, She says, this is according to the story at the News and Observer, she said using 2020 statistics, it would be likely a nine to five congressional map. So nine Republican seats, five Democrat seats. But this year, 2022, it's probably going to go ten four. She says it's the same map the 10-4 split that got struck down as a partisan gerrymander. So what she's saying is that it would not have been a partisan gerrymander two years ago when Democrats were able to perform better. But everybody's expecting a red wave this year. And so this year, it's going to be a partisan gerrymander. So like, I don't even know how you're supposed to draw any lines if you're trying to predict electoral outcomes in the future in order to guide your line drawing now.
1: And for years and years, courts, the United States Supreme Court, has come to that exact conclusion that that kind of prediction and the convoluted thinking that it produces is nothing that courts have have, have any business doing. It is not, as the Supreme Court of the United States put it, it is not a judicial act. You're not measuring facts against a rule or a standard. You're just making up what you think is fair. That's what legislators do. And we elect our legislators, there are 170 of them in the General Assembly, and having four judges make that decision on behalf of the whole state is is just fundamentally wrong.
0: So did you not uh, buy any of the argument as outlined in the uh, majority opinion that uh, the Constitution provides these protections, although it doesn't explicitly say This is what we meant by, you know, free elections, but it's kind of what they all meant and equal protection and that sort of thing. You don't buy that uh, the ability to get your voices uh, heard via representatives, that that is not a that's not protected in the existing language.
1: It's just not what the
0: Constitution says, Pete. There
1: are things in the Constitution that govern how legislative how the legislature draws the map like the whole county provision in the state legislative districts. you got to keep, keep counties together to the greatest degree possible. Those are meaningful things. This is not in the Constitution, so they're making it up. And here's the real point, and this also will tell you where we stand, I think, in the district map drawing so far. I believe they're going for broke because they think they're getting ready to be sort of stomped out of power by Republican voters this year, and they are going to I think, change the maps more to give themselves a chance to overcome what the voters' will is and, re- and take control of the General Assembly. I think it's a purely political move, it's outrageous, and this should be something the uh, voters of north carolina respond to in a very strong way
0: all right so how you get there i know we're going uh, i guess i should ask you just uh, if and if you can't that's fine there's no problem if you want to stick around we can because there are other topics i was going to ask you about but I, i can go all day on this stuff too so like the the maps uh that would require them taking over like you just outlined that would require um the courts to redraw the maps right like to take it like whatever the general assembly has just drawn Like, to get to where you're saying that they want to be, they would have to, the courts would have to scrap what the General Assembly did. They would then have to either rely on the special masters or they would take the the maps from the plaintiffs, right, and use those in order to create uh, a majority for Democrats. Is that where you see this going?
1: And, 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 Pete, they've set up exactly that process. That's what their order contemplates is that they're going to, uh, they've allowed for all of those possibilities to occur. And look at the special masters they pick. Tom Ross, a Democrat president of the UNC system, who was fired by a Republican board of governors and hates them. Bob Orr, a former Republican, never Trumper, hates Republicans, and is in the middle of representing people to disable Madison Cawthorn from serving in Congress on the grounds that he's allegedly an insurrectionist. He's a special master passing on, the maps, that, including the one that Madison Cawthorn would be a candidate in. How could that be? And then Bob Edmonds being one Republican. And it's just, so, so yeah, I mean, I think they are not done. I think they will do more. Um, and I think it's going to be pretty hard to draw a map that uh, that Democrats can take over in this particular election year, but uh, they're going to give it their best. You watch.
0: I see, and I'm looking at the congressional level, and I'm thinking they're trying to preserve as many Democrat seats as possible because they don't want to lose the House of Representatives. They're terrified of losing uh, the House and or the Senate or, you know, and both of them really uh, in 2024. And then Biden becomes like truly a lame duck president.
1: Uh, to be sure, and you have to have a broader scope, if you're going to be a politician judge and decide what you think is fair politically, then you also got to look at New York and Maryland and Illinois and other states where Democrats are gerrymandering with abandon. And uh, they're, they're not, it's not a fairness, they're not seeking fairness or competitiveness. They are seeking a Democrat win. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I've long said uh, when Democrats say fair maps, they mean maps that they win. That's uh, that—that's what that, that's, that word means. That's yeah. the definition. All right, so can you stick around for another segment? And if you can't, that's totally fine. I can. I okay, can. well, fantastic. I'm going to put you on hold. This is Congressman Dan Bishop from one of the yet-to-be-named numbers of the <laughs> congressional delegation. We'll have more with him in a minute. I want to ask him about uh, the Durham probe as well as the masking stuff. <laughs> All right, News Talk 1110 ninety-nine three wbt Special Counsel John Durham put a filing in in the court case last weekend on Michael Sussman. He's the attorney that was indicted by a grand jury last year for making a false statement to the FBI, namely that he wasn't working on the behalf of the Hillary Clinton campaign when he fed them information that uh, was apparently uh, gathered. I mean, I will say illegally, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, there's... John, uh, uh, Congressman Dan Bishop is with me, and I will tell you, this is what Hugh Hewitt, uh, the conservative talk show host, said out in California, that the media has made too much of the filing. We don't know anything yet, because Sussman can either go John Dean or he can go Gordon Liddy. So, <laughs> uh, first off, what's, what is your assessment of uh, John Durham? Is he... Like is he like a like a hard- nosed prosecutor kind of guy, or is he uh, that, I mean, I think I heard Mick Mulvaney like uh, sing his praises and said, "Look, if Durham says it, then I believe it. Is that where you are with Durham, or do you have a different view of him?
1: Uh, I'm not that way with anybody in the swamp, uh, Pete, but um, I, I will say the the thing that concerns me about Durham is the length of time that all of this has taken. Hmm. Uh, this is of grave importance to the country. And to be having sort of the first couple of indictments out, and 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 some meandering investigation going on five years after the fact when these things occurred is not acceptable, I think. But having said that, indications of the investigation being quite deep are uh, interesting, and I and I don't see a way to uh, make what what is being. Revealed in public by Durham's lawyers in court, how that could be made out to be innocuous or innocent. Um, the this Rodney Joffe, the tech executive that Sussman, who's been indicted, who was a Clinton lawyer, Hillary Clinton lawyer, um, has um, the the uh, Joffe's uh, company had access, as they said, to sensitive information. That's the words in in the durham uh, filing mm-hmm. to uh, sensitive information about the internet traffic going in and out of the executive office of the president which presumably includes the white house which is the eisenhower building there old executive office building and um, that is a striking fact now the new york times has said over the weekend i think that uh, or the last couple of days that this that that information may have come from the obama era but then that doesn't explain how they were using it to set up a narrative or to imply to in interviews with the CIA and the FBI that President Trump, that the White House was somehow, you know, involved with Russian cell phones, which was the issue. And um, so I think this, it's very interesting. And if it, if it is the case that this company, this independent contractor, Newstar, had a contract with uh, the Defense Department or the DARPA and had access to DNS data because of that and used it, to try to create a narrative on behalf of the Clinton campaign against Trump, then it is the biggest political scandal in American history, just by definition. It eclipses Watergate.
0: Right. And, um, if I so remember.
1: We'll have to see how that plays out.
0: Yeah. And if I remember correctly, one of the original uh, filings that Durham made was that Joffe's company, or Joffe himself rather, was angling for a position in the administration. That was that was why he was sort of in that orbit and why he was willing to do the work. And it was in Durham's own filing this weekend where he says that Joffe and his associates exploited this arrangement. So that's not, I mean, the New York times, you know, they're doing, you know, cleanup here trying to, you know, kind of just hand wave away a lot of these uh, concerns, but I don't know how you hand wave away an exploitation of that arrangement that you outlined with DARPA. That doesn't.
1: Right. And if, and if Joffe and Newstar had access to closely held data because of a government contract, what universe would, have, would it have been proper for him to go to Sussman, the lawyer for the Clinton campaign, and he liked the Clinton campaign, he wanted to be you know, a fan of Hillary, to give it to that person who would then give it to the FBI and the, and the CIA? If it had been proper, then some report would have been made to, to, in, to DARPA or to, or to CIA directly or whoever's responsible for that data. So, uh it's inexplicable and it is fascinating, but let's get to it. It's time. I mean, the American people are deserve to have all of this finally explained and they deserve to have people punished if they're criminal, if there's criminal wrongdoing and it need not take another 5 years or 10 years. If this is enough. Let's go.
0: And of course, Sussman, former partner at Perkins Coie with Mark Elias, right? And Mark Elias exactly. at the heart of the Soutil blue strategy on redistricting that we were just talking about uh, all roads lead to Elias. Um, so I am curious though, from your, from a legal strategy perspective, what is the, what is the reason what that you can think of for why it's taking so long? Is there some sort of legitimate reason why it would take this long?
1: Uh, I, I can't see it, Pete. Uh-huh. I mean, and in fact, a lot of the stuff that's floated or floated around concerning the Durham report and it, 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 it it appears that the FBI's known sort of the core of this since early 2017, and I can't see a good reason. I mean, maybe, you know, when you get to John Durham, they say he's a prosecutor's prosecutor. He, he deliberately follows the facts wherever they lead. They're being careful. But, you know, that's there's, there's a limit to that. I mean, you've got to move on with the thing, and you've got to make it happen. I just sort of tend to believe that government lawyers do things on their own time frame and aren't concerned about the need of the public to have this straightened out
0: yeah uh I, yeah and i mean he did take until like the very last day or something before the statute of limitations ran out on sussman right so right uh, yeah I, I i can't i can't figure out why the timing has taken so long i, I, I want to believe silver lining here like that they need as much time as possible to flip people or to gather evidence or something i i don't know make people squirm long enough and then they'll break i don't know um but, yeah, to me, it's pretty inexplicable. Um, before I uh, let you go, last question for you. Are you going to mask up at the State of the Union? Is I think Pelosi is going to be doing that, even though Biden is going to be talking about returning to normalcy.
1: <laughs> I think that's the condition of being there, and I will see. I haven't completely decided whether to show up. You know, they just released, uh, removed the limitation of 25 members. Uh, the masking's got to go. I heard you, by the way, uh, talking about Governor Cooper and, and his uh, weak sort of a suggestion now that mask mandates should be removed instead of just acting as he has before. And I guess about that, I'd say we've all been patient, but our patience is wearing thin, and his refusal (laughs) has cost all of
0: us. (laughs) (laughs) Well played, sir. Uh, Congressman Dan Bishop from the uh, yet-to-be-numbered, I guess, district in North Carolina. (laughs) No, right now you're in the ninth again, right? It's still the ninth.
1: Right now, yeah. Number
0: nine. There, all right. <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, have a great weekend. Always good to talk with you, Congressman Bishop. Take care. Just talk eleven ten and ninety WBT seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten and one eight hundred WBT eleven ten. Let me jump over here to Ryan. Welcome to the program. Hello, Ryan. How are you? Hello, yeah, Ryan. Yeah, all right, Ryan. We'll go to John. John's wanting to talk. Hey, Hey, John, what's up? I keep
2: hearing all this complaining about the Supreme Court overstepping its authority. Why does no conservative group or Republicans uh, make some kind of appeal to the Supreme Court that our Supreme Court is overstepping the authority that was granted to them and stop all this crazy mess that happens every 10 years?
0: Right, so you're talking about going to the U.S. Supreme Court uh, to try to get a remedy from the North Carolina Supreme Court's over, uh, overstepping?
2: Yeah, pretty much. Is that possible? I mean, yeah. I don't hear anybody actually say what they're going to try to do to stop it. It's, no, so keep happening.
0: All right, well, I can tell you. So the, here's the answer to that. Uh, there has been reference made to going to the U.S. Supreme Court. I believe uh, Speaker of the House Tim Moore a couple weeks ago when we were talking about uh, the original ruling he he mentioned that as a possibility but you want to run down all of the potential avenues first so this way if you have to go to the US Supreme Court it's sort of the that that's the last recourse you don't run there first because if you do that and that gets locked out to you then you don't get to go back so i think first off what uh-huh. they're going to try to do is do the maps and try to get the courts on the record outlining what exactly their standards and criteria are for these maps. That then will help the Republicans if they have to go further. But also, we do have an election coming up, and if the Republicans can avoid going to the U.S. Supreme Court but get everything unwound after the next election when they get Republicans on the bench, then that might be a better option to pursue there because it'll be cheaper, but also it'll be more durable. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, so they have...
2: Greater minds than minor. Figuring it out much better than I could. It just seems so bizarre that they keep keep overstepping and crossing over into the legislative authority.
0: True, and it is frustrating. But and I and I understand the the demand that uh, you know that people fight back and do it now. And there's this instant uh, gratification element to that as well. But patience really is required. This stuff in politics, just like governance, right? It's not supposed to happen fast. We don't want it to happen fast, because if it happens fast, people react. You put in place laws and stuff, and it's just usually never good. Um, and so you want there to be, you know, cooler heads prevailing and more of a strategic approach taken to things. And I think, look, if, there, if this electoral landscape looked different this year, then I think maybe there would be different options that would be pursued.
2: Okay. In yeah. other words, you got to take in the whole picture.
0: Right. And I think that... Right now, Republicans believe they're going to do pretty well in November, and that is informing a lot of their decisions on strategy. Oh, okay. Makes I sense. I
2: was just thinking that that would hurt us over the next four or five elections, though, every two years.
0: So, Right, because there's another area here on the, on the maps, which is they could end up getting another chance to redraw these maps after November. And if, oh. Yeah. Okay. And if that happens, then they would have a Republican state Supreme Court in place. So okay. that's that's one of the potential outcomes as well. So there's a lot of different ways this thing can go. And Democrats are aware of this as well. And that's the game they're trying to play, too. So, yeah. Sure. yeah. All right. Well, thanks. Pete. All, right, man. It. All right, John. Appreciate the call. All thanks. Right, yeah, sure All right. Let me jump over here. OK, are we sure about this? Yeah. He's actually here now. All right, Ryan, oh. welcome to the show. What's going on? Oh, Pete, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, it's did all right.
3: <laughs> you, did you try and open the call and I wasn't there?
0: Yeah, I guess maybe I was muted or something. It's fine. What's yeah. going on? What's up?
3: Okay, so I'm a little embarrassed when I called and talked to Ryan at first. I thought Michael Sussman had a job inside the, the Biden administration. Turns out I mixed him up with Jake Sullivan. Um, ah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I did a quick search, and uh, do you know what he does? He's a writer for Hollywood. He like helped write uh, Star Trek.
0: Sussman did. Yeah, I don't think I did know that.
3: Yeah, it was so. I mean, I looked it up. I'm like, man, before I get on Pete's show, I should probably, I should probably look that up. Yeah, and uh,
0: that's interesting.
3: <laughs> but it's really nice seeing. And and I talked to Brett last week about this, and he said something that's super interesting. I was hoping that, or I was thinking that there was some connection between the Biden administration and Sussman. It turns out, if, if, at least from a cursory glance, that there's.
0: Oh, no. Sussman only wait, wait, wait. Worked... We lost you. you. You dropped out. What, what did you say? You, you found out what?
3: Well, I thought that there was a connection to the Biden administration and that, you know, why haven't they released him or why hasn't he resigned and, and this and that. But Brett brought up something really interesting. If Sussman only worked for the Clinton administration and there's no reason to circle the wagons, then the Biden administration's Justice Department might let this go through yeah. just to keep Hillary from running in 2024.
0: Well, that's the thing about Winderboth. Yeah, he he thinks on like so different levels that, that like that's uh, it's a brilliant idea. Like I, I don't know. Like he could be a fall guy for them too. Um, yeah, maybe he's the insurance policy or against her. Yeah, that's uh, who knows. I don't. That's a. I mean that that's that's a really interesting idea. It really is. Yeah. But, hey, Kate, great show. Thanks. for coming All right, thanks, Ryan. Right, appreciate it. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I just, uh, I, I'm a news guy at heart. This is why I try not to make the predictions because I'm not good at it, <laughs> and I don't. You know, I try to see the as as many angles as possible and trying to think in those terms and run sort of game theory on that stuff. But some people that are they're operating at levels that I can't even I I don't I can't even fathom. So yeah, I don't know. I just kind of wait for this stuff to happen and we'll see what. I yeah I don't know. but I'm also kind of a pessimist. I don't think I don't think anything's going to come with it. Oh, see, there I go, making a prediction. Oh, but I'm bad at them, so maybe, so maybe something does happen. But now that I just said that, does that mean something doesn't happen? But now that I just said that, okay. So, got a tweet about the uh, Ella Scarborough story. I thought somebody, uh, a while back, not the Supreme Court. Oh, here it is. How do we know that Ella Scarborough's family wasn't simply voting for her under direction from certain other commission members in order to advance a particular political agenda? I hate to be cynical but right like that's a fair question to ask now we, because we don't know because nobody has nobody has spoken about this here's something else does um does does anybody in that family actually have a power of attorney going because if they're making decisions on her behalf about things, are they legally empowered to do so? I'm not trying to pry and I've said this before, every time I talk about this topic, I'm trying to be as sensitive as possible. I I grew up with family members experiencing very similar things. Okay. And I'm not trying to make this more difficult, but these are questions that need to be asked and they need to be more importantly, they need to be answered. They need to be answered in an honest and direct way. And look, You know, once we know the answers, then we can all move on and fine. But like, we do need to know these answers and they're not going to just going to go away, despite that vote that happened the other day. That's the Dave Matthews Band. News Talk 1110 1993 WBTA reminder if you're not doing anything or if, even if you have plans just cancel them. Saturday, April 9th, 7:30 p.m. at Holton Theater at CPCC, join me and everybody else, but me also, at uh, the largest group of WBT alumni ever assembled together for one event. It is the 100th anniversary WBT We'll be celebrating in style. We're going to be having all sorts of people there on the stage, and we're going to be inducting three members into the WBT Hall of Fame. It's a 100th anniversary celebration. You're not going to want to miss Saturday, April 9th, Halton Theater. Uh, Get your seats now. Go to WBT.com for the tickets and the details, and we'll see you there. Um, On the maps, let me just do this real quick, um, because we mentioned it with uh, Congressman Bishop there earlier. North Carolina lawmakers passed uh, their series of maps. Uh, They had to do it by 7 o'clock last night. Uh, The map would have six safe Republican seats. This is at the congressional level, so we have 14 congressional seats now in North Carolina. Six of them would be safe Republican. Four would be safe Democrat. And then the other four would be toss-up districts, which is a substantial increase in competitiveness from the map that was just ruled unconstitutional, which had 10 safe Republican seats and three safe Democrat seats and only one toss up seat. OK, this is Will Duran's piece at the News and Observer. And this is where I got that quote from Democratic Representative Pricey Harrison, who is um, a full blown member of the Moonbat Brigade left winger. And she's like uh, using the stats, the election stats from 2020 when, you know. Trump won the state and Cooper won re-election. 2020 use those numbers. And it looks like a nine to five map. It looks like nine Republicans, five Democrats win. But if you use the expected numbers for 2022, but the likely 2022 numbers, AKA the red wave, well, then it's going to be a 10, four map, 10 Republicans, four Democrats. And she says, it's the same map, the 10-4 split that got struck down as a partisan gerrymander. And herein lies the problem. The chaos, this is what Dallas Woodhouse was talking about yesterday. The chaos that now has ensued because of what the court did. That you can look at this map and say, well, two years ago, this was nine uh, nine Republicans, five Democrats. But this year, it'll probably be 10-4. to four. And because it's 10-4, to four, that was the number that the court said was an illegal gerrymander. So therefore... This would be an illegal gerrymander, too, because it's a 10-4 split, even though you've got more competitive seats. Isn't this absurd? It is absurd. That's the answer to my question, yes. Um, District 14, centered around Gastonia. This district would stretch west to Shelby and Forest City and east into Mecklenburg County and the Charlotte suburbs, where nearly half of the proposed district's population lives. It would lean slightly right. This would be one of the competitive districts. And in addition to part of Mecklenburg, it includes all or part of Gaston, Cleveland, and Rutherford counties. This is the district that um, Madison Cawthorn has to decide whether he's going to run in or not, or go back to the 11th. And the idea here is that, this is is what the rumors are in Raleigh, that this was drawn in order to stiff-arm Cawthorn, send him back to the 11th, and give Tim Moore an opportunity to run for this seat, even though it's a toss-up seat. They think Tim Moore will have a better shot at winning than Madison Cawthorn would. Um, then there's this. Nathan Babcock, he is the founder and owner of Atlas Political Consulting in Raleigh. Uh, used to work, he, he worked on tons of Republican campaigns, um, uh, used to work for uh, then-minority leader Phil Berger and the Senate Republican Senate Caucus Director Jim Blaine, hired him to work with the state Senate candidates, And um, he helped lead the 2010 takeover of the General Assembly. And he said he broke down the numbers like their efficiency gap, their mean median gaps, all of these, uh, the mathematical algorithms and equations that the political scientists use to see whether or not it's a gerrymander or not. He said, don't let the Senate Democrats refusal to engage in the process in any serious way fool you. The Senate maps fare just as well as the house maps and democrats supported all those house maps so the very same equations that democrats say were were met in the house maps are also met in the senate maps but democrats oppose the senate ones go figure all right brett Winterbull coming up next stick around have a great weekend we'll see you monday don't break anything while i'm gone <laughs>